remain standing with me as you turn your Bibles there. Proverbs chapter 29. If you don't have a Bible, you can look on with somebody there next to you. I'm excited to preach with you here this morning. Not preaching to you, I'm preaching with you. I believe that here this morning, there is a resurgence of the people of God, of the children of God coming not just to America, but I believe here to the Bay Area. I really believe that with all my heart. You say, well, how do you know that? How do you know it's not just words? I came up here and I, I, I believed it with all my heart that this is the time. Just recently we moved up here because I believe that this is the time for the Bay Area. I was listening to a preacher talk about it. Matter of fact, even another preacher by the name of Mario Murillo. Who actually, that's where my mom is with right now. He's having a revival up in Clearwater. Uh, pray for them. They just had an earthquake there last night. I don't know if you saw it on the news. It was a small earthquake, but they had an earthquake. It shook the whole hotel that my mom was in. So pray for them. But I believe that the earthquake was probably the revival that is taking place up there. And uh, But I was listening to these preachers, and they were talking uh, real specifically. Two preachers don't even know each other. But they said this, and it really shook me. Because they said that revival in America is going to start on the West Coast. And then they said, they got real specific. They said, not just on the West Coast, but they said in California. And they said, not just in California, Northern California. Now listen here. They said, not just in Northern California. They actually said it in the state capital, Sacramento. Now I don't know about you, but as you study history, all of our uh, policies, all of our Amendments, all of the things that we have that takes place within the state of California started in Sacramento. I believe that, I believe it right there with them, that revival is going to take place right there. It's going to start, for, but it's going to start right here within the Bay Area. And it's going to earthquake itself. You know those that ripple effect? You ever see the epicenter? Boom! And then everything happens. Listen, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. I hope, we're not the heart by accident. You're not a part of the heart of the bay by accident. But something is about to loosen and break forth here within the Bay Area. Victory Outreach, are you ready? Victory Outreach, are you ready? Listen, I, I said that I'm going to preach with you. So don't look at me for the next 30 minutes and look at me like, okay, I hope he preaches a good word. No, the word of God is already good. It's already good. Whether I preach good or not, the word of God is already good. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Some of your translations say the people will die. Even another translation says will no longer, or actually will cease to exist. Father, bless this word one more time in Jesus' name. And all together we said... Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell him, are you full of it? <laughs> are you full of it? Some of you think right away, oh, man, he's, you know, whenever... You know, whenever somebody's just blowing hot air, right, somebody's just making stories up, somebody's just, you know, you know that they're just kind of sounding good, just really not all that good, you always tell them, man, they're full of it. 
they just say this, they say that, they're just full of it. Well, here this morning, I pray that you're full of it, but not full of hot air, but full of the fire of God, full of the vision that God has given you. Here this morning, I want to share with you probably one of my favorite messages of all time that I really believe that God is doing within our church. If you're new to our church, I want you to know something. This church is a church on the move. Can I hear an amen? amen. This church is a faith-believing, a Bible-teaching, a God-fearing church. And here within this church, I want, I want you to know something. We're not just a church that we have it here every Sunday morning, even though that's an appointed time that we have to gather together. But this is a church that we take it outside of the four walls. We're not a perfect church. And you probably say, well, how do you know you're not a perfect church? Well, that's because you're here. We're not perfect. Nobody here is perfect. But I believe that we worship a perfect and a living, risen God. Can I hear an amen? Here this morning, I want to talk to you about the vision. Somebody say vision. St. Augustine said this. He says, faith is to believe what you do not see. And we do know that. The Bible says that. But he also said the reward for faith is to see what you believe. Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward for faith is to see what you believe. The other day I was uh, going through my house and it was real bright outside. So before I went outside, I was looking for my glasses, my sunglasses. I wanted my sunglasses. And so I remember telling my wife, I said, you know, babe, where's, where's my wife? Uh, where's my glasses at? Where, where's my glasses? I want to see where my glasses are. Do you know where they're at? You know, she's doing something. I don't know where they're at. So here I go. I'm looking all over the house and you know, I'm looking on top with the TV because that's where sometimes I put, I'll put my sunglasses. I'll put them right there. They're not there. Look at my, uh, I got kids. So, and if you got little, you know, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, you know how they just love to play with them. And then they run all over the place and then they just drop them wherever they, you know, leave them. So I'm trying to think like a kid. Where would they put? So I'm looking underneath the couch. I'm looking inside the cereal box. You know, I'm looking everywhere. Where are my glasses? Where are my sunglasses? Where are my sunglasses? Look in the restroom, looking at my office, looking underneath the bed. I'm looking underneath my kid's bed. I mean, I even got people that they, they see me looking frantic. They see me frantic. And they come in and they're like, hey, hey Pastor, what, what, what are you looking for? I'm looking for my glasses. They're like, oh, okay. You know, so they're helping me look for my glasses. Looking all over the place for my sunglasses. Looking here, I'm looking there. Where are my sunglasses? And then finally somebody comes in, another person comes in, and they, they go, hey, pastor, what are you looking for? I said, well, I'm looking for my sunglasses. You want to help me? And they look at me, and they go, sure. You know, kind of like in that, you know, funny type of tone. And they're like, sure, I'll help you. And I was like, I'm serious. I want my sunglasses. Like, you know, in my mind, I was like, you just made fun of me right now. I'm a pastor, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can't make fun of me. You know, that's what I thought in my mind. You know, but he looks at me, he's like, sure, I'll help you. And then he goes like this, I'll help you. I go, what are you doing? He's like, I'll help you. I'll help you. Like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. And I went, oh, my gosh. They were on my head the whole time. I'm not joking. I was looking for like 15 minutes. And 15 minutes looking for glasses is really like an hour. I was like, man, it was right there the whole I was like, man, it was there. 
See, the funny thing about it is that that's how we are many a times as Christians. God's got something great for you, but it's right there. We're looking everywhere else. Oh, it has to be here. It has to be there. It's got to be over there. Oh, I got I to gotta get, that's what I got to do. I got to get more money. I got to get more of this. I got to get more of that. And God's saying, I've got it for you, but it's just right there. All you got to do is just look up. Sometimes that's not all you got to do. Sometimes all you got to do is just look in the mirror. That's all you got to do. It's right there. Look at your neighbor and say, can you see it? See, this vision that we have, it's a great vision. Somebody say great vision. If you're going to ever do anything great for God, then you have to have a great vision. You've got to have a great vision. I like what Aaron Rand said. He said, throughout the centuries, there were men who took first steps down new roads, armed with nothing but their very own vision. My friend, I've just... There's something been boiling inside of me about this vision. There's been something boiling inside of me. I heard a preacher the other, other day said, people, the whole world gets out of the way for somebody that knows where they're going. The whole world gets out of the way for somebody that knows where they're going. My friend, if you have no idea where you're going, then you're already there. If you have no idea where you're going, you're already there. Well, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of here. You know, that old saying. You know, K sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, just, just there. Hey, what are you doing? I'm just here. Hey, where are you going? Over there. What are you doing today? I don't know. Just whatever happens. No, my friend, I want you to know something, that God has given you a vision, a great vision. All you got to do is just put it right there. That's all you got to do. Look at your neighbor and say, are you full of it? Joel Barker said this about vision. Vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. Vision with action can change the world. Vision with action can change the world. I shared this quote the other day when I was preaching, not in this message, but in another message. But it's always stuck to me about Helen Keller. I mean, a great, great woman, Helen Keller, on your own time, uh, you know, study her life. Very, very great, powerful, influential woman. But as you study her life, you learn that, you know, she was, uh, she was blind and she was also partially deaf. She couldn't hear. And yet she still got her master's degree. I know some of you want to get education. Like, oh, I'm too busy. Look at a woman like this and says she was blind and couldn't hear. Still got her degree. If you feel called to get your degree, you need to go get it. Don't wait for somebody to tell you, okay, when somebody gives me the scholarship money. No, 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 you go out there and you get that thing. And if you want more uh, information about that, see Brother Paul Torres. He'll help you out. He'll help you out with that. Believe me, I, I know Paul. He'll make sure that we do it. We need more people in this church that are educated in the things of God. And this woman, Helen Keller, she said this, and it really hit me really hard a while ago. Helen Keller said, the most pathetic in the person in the world is someone who has sight but no vision. The most pathetic person in the world is a person who has sight, but no vision. This morning, I pray that you have vision. Somebody say vision. Now, what does vision do? The first thing that vision does is that vision guides us. Vision guides us. Somebody say, guides me. Many people, they have no idea where they are, go where they are going. But my friend, I want you to know something here this morning. That as you grab a hold of this vision, it's going to guide you. 
This vision is a revelation from God. You need to know that God has given you this vision. Paul himself said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, I want to make sure that I am right in line with the vision that God has given me. It's a guideline as you drive along the streets. Now, right now we're on construction, but many of the streets, they don't have lines. But the majority of the streets that you drive on, they all have lines. In other words, they make sure that you're going in the right direction of where you want to go. And that's what the lines are for. They guide you. I don't know if you've ever driven in foreign soil before, whether it's in Mexico or in other countries, especially third world countries. Uh, has anybody ever driven in a third world country? Uh, it, it's a trip, right? Because there's, why is it a trip? Because there's no lines. There's no lines. Now, if you've ever driven in the Philippines, I know Pastor Daryl, he's here from the Manila Church there in the Philippines, and I, I'll, I'll never forget this, man. The first time I drove in the Philippines, it scared me to life, not to death, because I was praying as I was driving. I mean, some of you think, man, we got crazy drivers here driving the Philippines. It'll, it'll make this look like a, you know, a walk in the park. Because, man, the, the way they drive, I mean, they're honking every two seconds. This is the funniest thing in the world. They drive, and I am not exaggerating, this far from each other. That's how close they drive. And they're driving the whole way. Like, literally, you can put your hand out the window and give them a high five like that. <laughs> right? Am I joking? I'm not joking. That's how they, literally, like, hey, what's up? All right. You know. But the thing about it, too, there is that as you're driving, they just drive wherever. If the other side of the street is open, <laughs> it ain't no more. They're just, okay, I'll just drive. They just go. They're driving on the sidewalks. They're um, They're literally because they have small spaces in between houses. They're driving in between the spaces and the houses over there. I mean, they're just driving. You're like, what in the world? Why? It's because there's no lines. They don't care. Just get there. Just, just like get there. But vision, it keeps you. No, 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 no. Stay on the path. Vision, no, no, no. Okay, I know, I know you could probably cut across, but sometimes cutting across is not always the best way across. Sometimes you got to stay along the lines. Vision guides you. Somebody say, guides you. The Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As you study the scriptures, you begin to see about how many of the priests, as they would walk, they would walk at night. But when they would walk at night, they didn't have street lamps. They, many of them, they didn't even have torches when they would walk. But what they would do is they would tie a little rope around their neck, with a, uh, or excuse me, around their ankle, and with a little box. And in the box was a candle, and in that candle they would light it. So as they would walk, thy word is like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, it wasn't a huge lamp. They didn't have flashlights that would shine 100 meters down. It was just a little candle with a little light tied to the end of their ankles, and they would walk according to what they saw. Just a small, it was just, but that's all they needed. They didn't need the whole thing lit up. They just needed a little bit. That's why the Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Some of you are wondering, well, what does God have for my life? Thy word is a lamp unto your feet. That's all you need. Sometimes, man, I, I can't tell you how many numerous times the scriptures that I've memorized, the scriptures that I learned, just a small scripture. But that small scripture, it's taken me a long way. It's taken me a very, very long way. I want to challenge you. When you get an opportunity, read this thing. Just don't read it on a Sunday morning. Read it on a Monday evening. 
Read it on a Tuesday morning. Read it on a Wednesday right after you get off of work and before you come to church. Read it. It's a powerful, powerful light, this word. Can I hear an amen? amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. My friend, we need to realize that if there's going to be any significance or success within your ministry, within our ministry, we must always depend on the vision from God. This vision that we have, it's going to grow. And this vision that we have is going to grow and it's going to add more people and it must keep us along the lines. That's why it's very important to have a vision that is even bigger than you and I. Not as big as what we can see, but bigger than you and I. This vision guides us. The second thing that vision does is that vision unites us. Vision unites us. It brings us together. In other words, we are more than just a movement. We are a family. Somebody say family. Probably when you walked in here this morning, somebody shook your hand and said, God bless you, brother. Now, if this is your first time here within the church and they said, God bless you, sister, you're like, oh, my gosh, my parents had more children that I knew not of. They called me sister. Well, that could be true. I do live in the hood. You know, it could happen. I don't know. No, we, we have a little something here within the church that we call family. And so that's why when you hear them come up here and we say, oh, we want to call up brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, it's because the vision brings us together as a family. It's a family. And that's why some of you probably think that, well, if I'm not here, then nobody really cares. No, my friend, your brother cares. Your sister cares. You're our family. And when family is not here, we're saying, like, man, where's our family? Where's my brother at? Where's my sister at? I want to know where they're at because the vision Brings us together. Can I hear an amen? See, this vision allows us to relate all from different nationalities, all from different cultures, and yet still come together. On one day, you can have some burritos. On the next day, have some lumpias. And then on the next day, have some grits with some ribs. Come on, Steve. Look at him. He's like, mm -hmm. Look at him. He's like, come on now. And then the next day, have a good old-fashioned Chicago Polish hot dog. And then, then, oh, look, I'm getting you guys hungry right now. I don't know what it is, but whenever you talk about culture, you have to talk about food, right? You just, it's, it, you have to. You got to talk about food. It's just a part of, well, see, that's the great thing I love about Victory Outreach. Is that we can have it all, bring it all together. Because that's what the vision does. It unites us. It brings us all together. Somebody say Unity. Matter of fact, in just a couple of weeks, uh, I just want to kind of uh, pre-announce this. April 29th, right here, we're going to have an East Bay United service. We got Victory Outreach Fremont, Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay, and Victory Outreach Oakland. Just us. We're all coming together. We're all coming. And guess where we're coming? Right here in the hearts. We're all coming. They're going to be here. Pastor Anthony's going to be speaking. Victory Outreach Oakland, they're going to be doing the worship. We're going to be having a great time. It's on a Sunday night, 5 o'clock. Mark your calendars for that. East Bay United. See, I, you know, I know we have regions within Victory Outreach, but I'm like, I don't care about no region. They're two minutes away from us. You know, I'm like, Fremont, you're like, literally, I could throw a rock at you right at Lake Elizabeth, and I'll hit you. You know, you're right there. You know, Victory Outreach Oakland. My wife's from Victory Outreach Oakland. Like, come on, man, let's come together. So we're going to be having a great time. Pastor Larry's going to be here, the whole family. But see, that's what vision will do. It brings us together. It brings us together. That's, I, I love this vision that God has given our ministry, 
Even within our mission statement, when you read it, Victory Outreach is a, you know, a Christian, a church-oriented Christian ministry called to the task of evangelizing and discipling the hurting people of the world with the message, hope, and plan of Jesus Christ. And then in the last part of our statement says, Victory Outreach works cooperatively with others of mutual, of mutual purpose. In other words, it's not just all about us. It's not just all about you. It's not just all about your ministry, but it's about what God wants to do within the kingdom. Can I hear an amen? I was just talking with the pastor from uh, Temple the other day. We seen him over there and said, hey, pastor, how you doing? Just chopping it up. I was talking with another pastor the other day from, uh, from San Francisco from another ministry. I was talking with another pastor from uh, another ministry there in Oakland. And we were just talking, just chopping it up. And it was just great to be all under the banner of Jesus Christ. Under one banner. Of Jesus Christ. But see, that's what vision will do. It brings us together. Can I hear an amen? amen. Even within Victory Outreach, you saw it right now. United we can. You can go to any Victory Outreach anywhere in the world and just say those three words and they know exactly what you're talking about. United we can. Oh, okay, I could do that. I could be a part of that. I would love to be a part of reaching this world for Jesus Christ because united we can. Can I hear an amen? See, we must be able to do this together. There's a story in the Bible where there was a, a group of men. They got together and they said, man, this guy, he needs to be healed. He's paralyzed. He needs to be healed. So what happened? They got together. And they went and the house was full. And they said, man, this house is full. What do we do? They go to the top of the roof and they cut a hole open. And they cut the hole open and they put the man and they drop him down. And as you read the story, I love Jesus, right? I love Jesus. Jesus is so cool. He looks at the guy and he says, wow. Well, I, that's my translation that he says, wow. He says, wow, look at this guy. He needs to be healed. Who brought him here? Well, what Jesus does, he looks at the four guys, right? This is what he does. He looks at the four guys. He says, man, you guys got great faith. Okay, he's healed because of your faith. That's awesome, huh? He didn't even, okay, oh, man, you've got great faith. He didn't go to him and touch him. He just said, because of your faith, he's healed. See, because of your obedience and your faith, Hayward will be changed. Amen. See, that's how vision works. They saw something. They see, and it brings us together. Somebody say together. together. It's a unique vision that God has given us. It's a uniqueness. There's another story in the Bible where Jesus, he meets this guy, right? He sees him, and he has a brother, and the brother brings him. And, and uh, you know, here's G Jesus. He goes, hey, this is my brother. And Jesus says, okay, you know what? I'm going to change your name. I know what it was before, but I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to call it Cephas. Translation, Peter. I'm going to call you Peter. First time Jesus meets him, gives him vision. The very first time. Now, was Peter, Peter, right then and there? I mean, was, you know, the Peter that we know, the, the Peter that walked on water, the Peter that was, no, he wasn't really that kind of Peter. But see, Jesus saw something inside of him. Jesus saw something great. He was unique. He made him unique right away. He says, okay, I know what you were before you met me, but once you come face to face with me, it's going to change. See, right here this morning, I want you to know something, Victory Outreach. Once you come face to face with Christ, it's going to change. You're unique. Somebody say unique. Now, probably you're probably wondering, well, what do you mean unique? All you got to do is just look at the person next to you and you go, yes, we are definitely unique. We're unique. Can I hear an amen? amen? The third thing that vision does is that vision empowers us. 
empowers us. We must remember that it's God's vision. The Bible says that unless it is God that builds the house, the labor labors in vain. You can do all the great works that you want, my friend, but unless it is God that is building this house, the labor labors in vain. It is God that is building this house. We must develop a heart of God for the ministry. In the book of Acts, the example of the men that were sent out, they were told to go to the upper room first, and then they were sent out. Before you go out there, go up into that room, Come together, and I'm going to give you something. That thing that was given to them, or that person, was the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, it empowered them. It gave them something supernatural, so that when they went out there, supernatural things began to happen. We heard it just a little while ago from Brother Sal. He said that, man, he had a God encounter. I like that right there. He said, I had a God encounter. In other words, not just where we passed out flyers, but we had a God encounter. Don't you love those encounters? Will you have just that God encounter? Not just that regular encounter, but a God encounter. That's the kind of encounters that I want to have. I don't want a Steven Spielberg, uh, you know, encounter of the third kind, right? I don't want that kind of encounter. I want a God encounter. It's a supernatural kind of happening. Because when God puts them in your pathway, when God does it, all of a sudden the power begins to flow through you. There is a, a supernatural happening. Can I hear an Amen. See, this vision that we have needs to be filled with passion and filled with zeal. We are called to be a people of passion. Can I hear an amen? Passionate people, passionate men, passionate women that are filled with the power of God. Listen, you got to know something, my friend. Hear me out. Passion is contagious. Are you hearing me this morning? Passion is contagious. I shared this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if you've seen it, if you're, uh, you know, kind of internet savvy, but there was a, a video that was going around. It's called Coney 2012. Have you guys seen that video? I, know, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but if you go on the internet, you'll see it right there. It's a, it was kind of a viral video, and it went all over the world within a matter of days, and then within a matter of weeks, it became almost like a household. It got, listen to this, check this out. Within four days, it got 20 million hits. Four days. 20 million hits or 20 million views. I believe that right now, I think it's at 98 million. 98 million views. Now, so, and the thing is, it's, you know, about, I think it's almost a half hour long. Now, if you're familiar with YouTube, anything over five minutes, a lot of people, they don't like to watch. You know, they just like, keep it short, keep it sweet, and I want to watch it. Ten seconds, 30 seconds, a minute. You know, anything longer than that, I'm not going to watch. This thing is a half hour long, and it has 98 million hits. Now, as you watch it, I watched it. I was looking at it. I said, wow. The first thing, the first thing that got me, the very first thing after watching it, I said, man, these guys got passion. Now, it's irrelevant towards what it is, whether, you know, people are trying to, uh, you know, fill it as a fire. It's a scam. It's this. It's that. It's you know, one thing I've learned, and you can study it on your own, the Bible talks about don't get caught up and don't be fearful of the conspiracies that the world come up with. Don't be scared of what they're scared of. Don't fear them. Fear me, the Bible says. Don't be fearful of the conspiracies. You can read it there in the book of Isaiah. Now, don't be fearful of all that stuff. So one thing, I'm, believe me, that whole Coney 2012, I've, I've already had my 2012. It's called Hayward 2012. That's what I'm supposed to reach, and I'm going to continually do that. But one thing that did get me, 
that as I watched it, I said, man, these guys were passionate. They were passionate. I know some of you are probably wondering, well, what is it? I'll, on your own, go ahead and watch the video. It's a pretty cool video. There's nothing wrong with it. I believe that they're passionate. They put it in the right direction. But it's passion. This guy took a trip down to Africa, and all of a sudden his life got changed. And, oh, man, we got to do something about this. And, man, we better do this, and we better do that. And he got a whole movement together because of passion. Listen, my friends, passion, it's contagious. It's contagious. I was talking with a woman the other day, and I had some flyers. I said, hey, can I put some flyers right here? Right away, she said, flyers, what for? What are we going to put flyers there for? I said, oh, let me tell you about it. So then I began to tell her about it, and I said, oh, we're having this thing, we're having this, and it's from our church. She said, church? She still gave me that funny look. And she goes, uh, I don't know, you know, because I went into the liquor store, and I was trying to put some flyers right there. I said, hey, I want to put some right here. Oh, I don't know. I said, look, I'm trying to get as many young men and young women off the streets as possible. And you know what she went? She went, oh, okay, if you're going to do that, put as many flyers as you want. I said, really? I said, yeah, because somehow, some way, I was going to make sure that this thing, she was going to catch it. See, passion, my friend, it's contagious. David, he had a contagious passion. Joshua had a contagious passion. Nehemiah had a contagious passion. Pastor Sonny has a contagious passion. Your pastor has a contagious passion. This church has a contagious passion. We are going to reach this city and reach the world for the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. This vision should tell you, don't be satisfied with where you're at. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Don't be satisfied with just being there saying, okay, I'm, I'm all right. I'm a good person. My friend, there's a lot of good people. God didn't call us just to be a good person. He did call you to do good deeds, but that you would do good deeds and they would praise your Father in heaven. So do your good works. The fruit should follow you. Do your good things. Do those things unto the Lord. Do them unto God. But my friend, don't do good deeds to be a good person. You know what you're going to find yourself is? It's the opposite of passion. You know what it's called? It's called apathy. It's apathy. It's funny. You'll find that, right? And I just said it just a little while ago from uh, uh, Helen, Ka Helen Keller. Apathy. What do you hear when you hear apathy? Apathy. Pathetic. Pathetic. Because people can get apathetic. In other words, they're just satisfied with, okay, I'm all right. I'm fine. Listen, my friend, I want to tell you something. I love you, and I love you with all my heart. And I say what I'm about to say with love. And I say it with all love, all sincerity. But I love you too much to leave you where you're at. Just to stay where you're at. You know, a lot of times you won't hear uh, a lot of preachings like this because a lot of times preachers, they want to make sure that, you know, they have people in the, in the church, in the building. Listen, I, I believe me, I want people in the church. I want people in the building. But more than that, I want people in heaven. And I would be doing you an injustice, a disservice if I just told you, just come to church. If I told you that, if actually, if I ever tell you, I'm, I'm going to actually put myself uh, out there. If ever I tell you just come to church and just church alone, remove me from the pulpit. I'm being honest. I should, there should be never a pastor that just says, just go to church on Sunday, you're going to be all right. No way. My 
God, forgive me if that ever happens. But listen to me, my friend. Listen to me, Victory Outreach. This vision that we have, we got to spread this thing. You ever been around somebody that was sick? You ever see? And you saw them that were sick, right? You're like, oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh, God, I'll shake your hand from right here. Let's do an air handshake. All right. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Because, you know, you see them sneezing. And they're coughing. You know, because they have a cold. And when they got a cold, you're like, hey, I don't want that. But this, my friend, is a hot. This is a hot. It's not a cold. It's a hot. And when you've got somebody who's got a hot, I want what you've got. If you've got a cold, I don't want what you've got. But if you've got a hot, I want what you've got. It's contagious. I want that thing. I want that fire. Show me what you've got. This vision empowers you. And the last thing that vision is, is that vision is progressive. Vision is progressive. The first thing that vision does is vision guides us. The next thing that vision does is vision unites us. Then the, thing that, uh, the third thing that vision does is that vision empowers us. It gives you the power. But then also vision is progressive. In other words, it grows. Somebody say it grows. If we are going to fulfill our destiny, then my friend, we must keep in step with God. One of my favorite coaches of all time. I have a few of his books, is a, a, a man by the name of John Wooden. Probably many consider the greatest coach in any sport, any sport. You name the sport, he's the greatest. That's what many people consider him as. John Wooden, on your own time. He's a Christian, too. He died a Christian, died loving the Lord, preaching the gospel. That's how he died. And he loved God, loved the Lord. And he said this as I was reading his book. John Wooden, a great coach, said, if you go as far as you can see, you will then see enough to go even farther. If you go as far as you can see, then you, you will then see enough to go even farther. See, right now you can see so far. Right now you could just see this. Right now you could just see that. But the moment you get there, then you're going to realize, now I can go even farther. The other day we were going uh, on this, uh, uh, like this obstacle course, and on this obstacle course, uh, man, I feel embarrassed even saying it because, I, you know, I'm an athletic guy, I feel. But there's this pole that they have. I don't know if you've ever seen it. They have this pole. And it's just a one pole up in the air. It probably goes up about, I don't know, 50 feet in the air. And you put a harness on. Uh, have you guys ever seen those? They have them for, like, summer camps and things like that. And it's just a pole. You just go straight up in the air. You know, and I was looking at it, you know, Played baseball for a good 20, 22 years of my life. Played a lot of football, basketball. You know, I'm athletic. I could do this. What's up, Paul? You know, you're just a Paul. I'm a man. Let's do this. So I remember, you know, I went over there. But I was smart about it. Nobody was around. <laughs> there was only like three people around. Because you have to have a, a person that, you know, holds the rope as you make your way up there. So, you know, he was there, and I had two other people there with me. And uh, because everybody else was, you know, out doing something, so I wanted to try it first, you know. So I go up there, and, you know, climbing the pole. Like you see those PG&E guys, right? They're climbing the pole. So I'm climbing it. I could do the climb. That was no problem. I was climbing it. And I'm climbing. And as you get higher, I was like, whoa. And I remember the guy who's holding me. He goes, don't look down. I go, I'm not going to look down. <laughs> oh. It's always funny, like, why did you say that? Because you know I'm going to do exactly what you told me not to do. 
Don't eat that. I'm going to eat it. Don't go over there. I'm going to go over there. Don't look down. Uh, hello, you know. Now, the thing about it is that you get up there, but then as you pull yourself there, you have to, ha you have to stand up. And the goal is to stand up and jump. You have to jump. It's called the leap of faith. And you have to jump out. All you have is a harness. But believe me, it's scarier when you're actually up there. So I went up. And so I'm actually, and I'm, you know, I'm even embarrassed to say this. And I'm trying to get up. I could not even put my foot up. Because you have, you have to pull it. Now, it sounds, you know, it sounds easy, but it's really not. It's really not. Because you have to climb up. There's nothing else that you can, you know, hold that and, you know, pick yourself up, put your foot on. You can't do that. You actually just have to somehow, some way, be a lumberjack and, you know, get up there. So I remember trying really hard. I was like, I couldn't even put my foot up. And I'm like, man, I'm a small guy. I'm a skinny guy. What's up? I was looking at my legs like, come on. You know? And, I'm, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to, oh, God. I couldn't do it. And the guy goes, just come down. I go, I ain't coming down. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. For like, I'd say around seven to eight minutes, I was up there just trying to, I couldn't do it. Finally, I said, you know what? Get this, man. I was so upset. But I figured in my mind, if I can't do it, nobody could do it. Right? That's what I figured. You know, I'm athletic. I'm the man. So I just jumped off. And all right, you know, there we go. I'm good to go. So here come these high school kids. You see where I'm going. A lot of kids were going up there, and they were doing exactly what I did. They couldn't even stand up. It was hard. I'm telling you, it was pretty hard. They couldn't even stand up. Finally, about 15 minutes into it, a girl, oh, God, a girl... That's embarrassing for a man. I know some of you are thinking, well, no, no, no. It's still embarrassing. I don't care how you put it. It's still embarrassing. A small one at that, a small little girl, gets up and she stands up and the whole crowd, yeah! Woo! And I was like, I ain't clapping for you. Yay. I really did do that. I was like, yeah. And then finally somebody stood up, but then, okay, that wasn't the end. You still have to jump off. You still had to jump. So I was like, what's she going to do, man? How's she going to do this? You have to jump. And she was up there. I'm not kidding. For like five minutes, I'm scared. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm scared. Oh, my God. Somebody like, no one can help you. Who's going to go up there? Nobody else was going up there. Jump. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. call my mom. Somebody call my mom. Call my mom, please. What's your mom going to do? And, her, and if ever you've been up that high, has anybody ever tried something like this? You know what I'm talking about? You've never done it? Oh, my gosh. We need to have a church camping out here. So then you could be as embarrassed as I am. Amen. <laughs> and she's up there like, oh, my, you know, she's 50 feet in the air. And then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. Call my dad. Call my dad. 
And then finally she's like, oh, my God. And then she jumps, but she couldn't even touch, you know, you know the, the trapeze, you know, the, the rope that is right, or not the rope, but the metal bar that's right there. She couldn't even touch it. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God. After her, people started standing up. They could get up there. And then next thing you know, people are jumping and they're touching it. Other young kids, they're touching it. Like, oh, man, oh, man. And I'll never forget this. I'm sitting there. I'm talking like, you know, maybe 20 kids, 30 kids have gone up there. Nobody could do it. Some couldn't even stand up. Some could stand up and some couldn't. And I'm sitting there, and I'll never forget, Pastor Sonny, he's sitting sitting right next to me. And he goes, hey, see those kids? I go, yeah. He goes, they want to get up there, huh? I go, yeah. He goes, all it takes is just one. Watch. He goes, everybody was scared. Everybody, and you could hear the talk. Oh, you can't do it. You know high school students, too. Once one person, like, ah, you can't do it. If I can't do it, you can't do it, you know. And they're just spreading that all around. Because you got to remember, vision is still contagious, whether it's good or whether it's bad. It's still contagious. And so they're, ah, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then finally, one guy, he just goes up there, and he's like, man. He gets up like, I mean, like if he was Gumby or something. Wham. <laughs> wham. He's like, all right, I'm going to do this. This is about a half hour into it. Pastor Sonny had just told me, he goes, all it takes is one. That's all it takes is just one. I'm like, okay. This kid goes and he jumps. Boom, grabs it. And you should have seen the look on everybody. <gasps> yeah, I felt like it was like the World Series or something. Yeah, everybody, even myself. You know, yeah. But after that, one by one, they all started doing it. They all started doing it. Why? Because now they saw what could happen. Vision is progressive. It grows. See, a lot of times we go this far and we say, oh, man, if I can't do it, no one can do it. Oh, if I can't make it, no one can make it. Oh, if I can't get out of the hood, no one can get out of the hood. If I can't get this, if I can't do it, if I can't, if I, then that's it. My friend, all it takes is one. Just one person. See, some of you, you were the first one in your family, weren't you? All it takes is one. One person to say, listen, if God can change me, he can change you. If God can do the work in me, he can do the work in you. The vision is progressive. It grows. Listen, my friend, I'm ending right here. Listen, Victory Outreach Church, all it takes is one. That's all it takes is just one. One person to say, you know what, I'm tired of this thing. I don't know about you, but when I watch the news, man, I get, I get like an ugly feeling when I watch the news. Like, man, why did, can I just watch something that's good? Can I watch something, you know, on a positive note? But at the same time, I get it flipped around saying, okay, all right, I understand. I understand we're going to see these things. I understand we're going to watch these things. But all it takes is just one. One person to say, you know what, I'm tired of this happening to my city. I'm tired of all these child abductions. I'm tired of all this stuff. I'm tired of all these things happening. Did you see Brother Will when he came up here? And he said, man, uh, it's close to my heart. Did you see that? You see, see how his heart, his passion, his, the compassion came out. said, man, it, it's close to me. It's dear to me. All it takes is just one. Never minimize just one person. Never minimize just one event. Never minimize one happening for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. All it takes is just one. Some of you here this morning, 
You came in feeling like, man, I need a word from the Lord. Here it is. You're the one. You're the one. But I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot. Look, don't look as far as the money. Don't look as far as the job or the job that you don't have or the car that you don't have. Don't look that far. Look beyond that. I see greatness happening even beyond. I see goodness happening even beyond. Some of you here this morning, I know that you have a burden for the school system. And you're saying, man, our, our schools, our this, our that. God's putting something upon your heart. Not only are you going to be a teacher, you're going to be the greatest teacher this school district has, has ever seen. Has ever seen. You know, one, one thing that got my heart is when they said, oh, man, don't, don't put your, your child in the Hayward School District. They have one of the worst school districts. That got me. I said, what? It's my city. Don't we talk about my city like that? Yeah, that's how I felt. I'm like, don't be talking like that. Maybe true, but don't be saying it, you know. <laughs> that's how I felt, you know. Because, you know, the fact of the matter, it is kind of true. Because, and I, and I looked it up, too. I went and looked up the funding. I went and looked up the, the graduation rate. Jeez. We need prayer. We need prayer. It took one woman to take prayer out of school. One woman. So guess what? All it takes is one person to put prayer back in the school. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, just one. It just takes just one. Don't tell me that it can't happen. All it takes is just one. Don't tell me that this city can't change. All it takes is one. Don't tell me that that drug addict can't change. All it takes is one. Don't tell me that gang member can't change. All it takes is one. Don't tell me my city can't change. All it takes is just one. Just one. I ask you one more time. Are you full of it? Full of the vision that God has given you, the passion that God has given you? I believe that you've got it. Can I hear an amen? Stand with me here this morning. My friend, this vision that we have, it's time for us to stretch our faith, to stretch our thinking, not to do business as usual. Vision without action is a daydream. And action without vision is a nightmare. We need to keep this calling that God has given us. Keep our values. Keep our commitment to the heavenly vision that God has given us. Listen, Victory Outreach Church. I believe that this is one of the greatest churches in, in all of the Bay Area. I believe that we have the greatest church in all of the world. I truly believe that. And I don't say it by accident, but I say it on purpose because I believe it. Now, some of you here this morning, if you're visiting this church, I want to uh, applaud you for coming. But I also want to recognize you not just for coming once, but for coming again and again and again and again and again. There's something great about faithfulness. There's something great about commitment. There's something great about a woman or a man who holds true to values and principles. So here this morning, listen, I want to give you this vision. This vision that God has given us, a vision for your family, a vision for the ministry, but most of all, a vision to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want your family to come together? Come under the vision of Jesus Christ. You want your finances to get back in order? Come under the vision of Jesus Christ. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you, but according to his plans and his will for your life. 
Listen, I know that we've got many of things that we're looking for. Well, I need help in this area. I need help in this area. One thing that you're always going to need help in is that's helping the vision. Don't let this vision die out, Victory Outreach. Don't let it die out. There's many others counting on us. They're counting on you to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Bow your heads with me here this morning. As they prepare to sing that song here this morning, if that's you and you say, you know what, I want to be obedient to this heavenly vision. I know all it takes is one. And if it's just me, then I will stand alone. But I know that if God stands with me, if God stands for me, then who can be against me? I want you to slip out of your seat right now. I want you to come to this altar and say, God, I want to be obedient to the heavenly vision that you have given me. I want to be obedient to this vision, oh God. Not my will, not my works, not my ways, but your ways be done, God. I know you're going to bless my marriage. I know you're going to bless my finances. But God, I want to be obedient to your word. I want to be obedient to your will. I want to be obedient to what you call me to do. Oh, Jesus. Come on, a church that is obedient to the heavenly vision of Jesus Christ.